Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by the fine folks at BetMGM. My name is Michael Lebuff. Joining me, as always, from Calgary, Alberta, Action Network NHL expert, Nick Martin. Nick, uh, we will start with our favorite underdogs. Did well in this section last time. And I'm going to go back to the well uh, by fading Pittsburgh. Uh, with my favorite underdog for Thursday, March the 30th. Uh, my brother, Kevin Leboff, who's never lost a bet in his life. It's his birthday. So maybe some good luck for the Nashville Predators. They're plus 165 against Pittsburgh. We just saw Detroit Red Wings, although they were home, a little bit shorter than this, but all the flaws of the Pittsburgh Penguins were on display in that game. They got bailed out with some with a five-on-three uh, that we'll say was dubious. The, the whistle was certainly in the Penguins' pocket. Uh, and they still couldn't win. They they lose. They, they come all the way back from 3 nothing down after a terrible start. Uh, and they give up a goal to David Perron with three minutes left that breaks the tie. And the Red Wings end up pouring a couple more in. So this is supposed to be a must-win spot. This is the team that it needs it more. I mean, the Predators are still in the Western Conference playoff race because the Jets just lost to the Sharks the other night. So... And they just beat the Bruins. So they're still in it. And the goaltending matchup in this game is such, it's so wide between you Soros, who's been so good for during the second half of the season, and either Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jari, neither of whom have played well at all. Like you could honestly, like if it was Dustin Tokarski, who's a Penguins number three goalie at this point, like I don't know if there's a discernible, discernible difference where it's like, Man, I can't go to the Penguins tonight because Dustin Tokarski's in over a banged-up Tristan Jari who was pulled half of his starts since he came back from being hurt, or Casey DeSmith who who gets lit up in, in these huge moments. So this is a great number on, on a team that's still fighting. Uh, give me the Preds. Okay, I like it. And you teed up, so I'll just quickly dabble into mine. We'll go into more later on best bets, but... I think UC Saros over 31.5 saves. Maybe they're a little smart and make it 32.5. I'd probably still play 33.5 at plus money even. is going to be such a good play. The Pens are just peppering pucks on the net right now. 39 versus Detroit, which is what you'd expect when you have a pretty high-powered team trying to over, out, count, over score the kind of goaltending they're getting. It's, it's a mess. So they typically get in these situations where they need to press for offense. The Predators, they played a good game versus Boston. I think they had the right idea about how to try and win that game, obviously, with the roster they have. They still, Saros cruised over his saves prop in that game, and I think that this is going to be the same kind of thing. They just don't have the horses to control much of the play. What they have to do is try and just cower behind the puck and not make mistakes. So I think this is one where Pittsburgh's just going to have a lot of the play and generate a ton of chances. Hopefully for this bet, their goalies are awful and the Pens are playing from behind and pressing the whole night. But I think it's probably going to be too long a number is my guess. So, so yeah, that'll be a prop that I like on that game. Uh, and your underdog pick, you're going to go yes. with any time goal My scorer. underdog. 
I'm going to go with an anytime goal scorer. These are tough because it's, you know, it's a bit of a guessing game. I was actually trying to pull up what they had uh, sprung at versus some of the games with this high of a team total, and I couldn't find them. But anyway, so Daniel Sprong is playing the Anaheim Ducks. He's scoring at a ridiculous rate at 5-5. Five five. So it's scary because you can't count on him to get minutes. He's not getting many minutes. What he does in those minutes is it's a lot like Jake Verana, where he continues to score among the league leaders in uh, goals per 60. So I like Daniel Sprong in a matchup versus the Ducks to score. Hopefully it'll be about plus 350, plus 375. We'll see. So... That's one I have my eye on. I think that'll be a great game to back the couple guys in uh, prop markets on Seattle, unless they're going to drastically move the prices. I've got nothing on that game. The Ducks are plus 265 in Seattle, minus 320, and the over under six and a half. I mean, I, I'm not laying minus 320 with Seattle and their goaltending. Uh, anything game uh, in terms of like the game on that one? No, the other one I'd look at, like I think, so McCann's going to be pretty juiced over two and a half, but I think you could do four or if you can get two and a half like even minus 155 i'd probably do that because i think it's just such a good spot and yeah we saw like how tough it is for the crack and win games monday versus minnesota that was like probably could have been up three and then it fell apart and that's just what happens when you uh, are the crack and taking on the wild with the goaltending disparity so i still like where seattle's been and i kind of think it's a good spot to back some of these player props because I, I think you know, home matchup, ideal days of rest. Those guys have looked really good lately. They've all, McCann and Sprong both looked really dangerous versus in both Nashville games and the wild game. So those are two guys I like that I think in a spot where they will control a lot of the play and generate a lot of chances is going to be a good bet. All right, let's look at the the big board. Uh, Florida and Montreal is where we'll start. Florida's on the second night of a back-to-back for this one in Toronto. On Wednesday night, a 7.30 start in Toronto, then over to Montreal, where they will be a big favorite. Right now, they're sitting at minus 215, plus 185 on the Habs. And the over-under will probably get to 7 by the time the puck drops from the way it looks. Florida, like I said, they are playing on Wednesday night, so we'll see. But they're three points. They go into the Wednesday night, the first half of the back-to-back against Toronto as an underdog. They're three points behind Pittsburgh, and they've been... uh, struggling four losses in a row quality competition a couple bad losses in there hard to trust them at minus 215 this montreal team was just mathematically eliminated from the playoffs sorry to anybody holding a montreal canadians to make a playoffs ticket to win the stanley cup all that you can rip those up now uh i got nothing here i think that it's still a tricky kind of spot to back florida at a number like this it does feel like it would be one-way traffic, though, and, and it'll have to be, you know, a stellar, stellar performance from Montembeau or Allen. But then you got the possibility that it's either Bobrovsky on the second night of back-to-back and what is 15th out of 16th start, and he's struggled lately. He was really good, got a breather from from Alex Lyon. They lose to the Flyers, and since then, Bobrovsky's kind of his form's dipped. Uh, so it could be one of those wonky games where, you know, Florida dominates and, and the goaltending just lets them down, but uh, it's not big enough for me. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, a decent spot for Montreal to get some offense, and I'll probably punt again on Sean Farrell to score his first NHL goal if we're getting over plus 700 like it was the other night. He skated second line, second power play. 
didn't look amazing, but I still think he should be a pretty productive NHLer. I know it's hard to make the jump, but in those roles, I think you could come up with a lot of second liners whose prices are significantly lower than that. And I, I think that those will be playable at that if it looks like he's going to remain in the same role. So I might punt on that super long shot. We now have two goal scorers, so it feels like we're getting down a little bit of a round robin path, and we'll keep going down that path for the rest of the show. Um, Flyers and Senators, uh, Phillies plus 135. Ottawa is minus 155. The over-under six and a half. This is a tough situation for Ottawa. They kind of played themselves back into the fringe of the playoff race. I mean, they're still five back of Pittsburgh, but with the way the Penguins and Panthers are going right now, you know, you want to put it past Ottawa crawling within like one or two points by the end of the week. The only problem is the Senators are dealing with uh, some serious injuries on the back line now with uh, Shabbat and Jacob Chikrin now out. That's going to lift, you know, Jake Sanderson. It's a first pair role. It's Artem Zub and Eric Brandstrom, Travis Hammond. It could just really a team that was already kind of struggling with with uh, blue line depth until they got Chikrin. Now it's right back in that square that spot. And Cam Talbot could be back for this one, which you think is an upgrade, but he wasn't good this whole season. He's been in and out of the lineup, so it's hard to trust him. I wouldn't want to lay it with with Ottawa in the spot, despite uh, you know them them needing it a lot more than Philly. So. It would be flyers or nothing for me. Yeah, I think you teed that up very well. There's uh, not enough arguments, I think, to back the Sens at this price. And Philly has been playing pretty respectably. So I think that's enough of a case to to stay away from the Sens and what will probably be a popular spot considering it's like do or die. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blue Jackets and Bruins next. Uh, Columbus plus 330 in Beantown. Bruins minus 410, the over-under. Uh, six and a half here. Uh, nothing for me. Yeah, I didn't have anything on this one either. So we can move along. I should say, actually, I, I think it's playable depending on what prices you can get as like a parlay piece. But it looks like those numbers that I thought were playable have jumped off the board pretty quick. So, And that being a play on Boston, because I just yeah. think that Columbus right now is really just decimated. Really- yeah, that team is, they're going to have a hard time the rest of the way, which I think their fans are pretty happy about considering it's a really <laughs> close race for dead last. So, uh, Your Washington Capitals also on the second night of their back-to-back. They play the Islanders on Wednesday night. Uh, will be an underdog in Tampa right now, plus 160, Lightning minus 190, over under six. What are uh, your thoughts on what we've seen out of Tampa the past couple of games? Yeah, so we we talked about them quite a bit on Tuesday's pod that they're a little hard to read. They've been all over the place. That was their obviously their best game in a while versus Carolina. They played a really, really sharp effort. Um, and, it, it, you know, they really don't have much time left before the playoffs, so you'd think they're going to try to ramp it up a little. Uh, as we know, I'm pretty low on my caps right now. So considering where I think Tampa's going, if anything, this is just more like a spot thing. Back-to-back for the Caps, who I don't think are that good. Lindgren's really struggled. If the Caps lose tonight, I'd say it's for sure him. If the Caps won tonight, maybe they might do something crazy and go back-to-back with Kemper because it's that point in the year in their minds, I guess. Um, and then the other note I'd say is maybe you see Brian Elliott. Like We've been talking about this a lot, but 
I would think he gets a start this week. So there's the Caps game and then there's the Islanders game because you're probably not going to ride Vassy in all these pointless games. Even after that win last night, I think Tampa's roughly about like 90% chance to finish third in the Atlantic. So catching Toronto is pretty unrealistic. Moving down is not going to happen. So they are what they are right now and they just got to focus on getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think that it's um, it's a classic game to to kind of just like observe and and see if what we saw at a Tampa against Carolina and a little bit of what we saw the game before, um, against Boston carries over, uh, because I think if it does, then you're starting to think okay, like now it's it's it it does feel like they're ramping up a little bit, uh, and and you can quell a little bit of your your fears about them not personnel wise but just like process wise i would say hockey betting season is here so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks sign up with betmgm using bonus code action and get up to one thousand dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, uh, on to what is the uh, biggest game of the night, the Rangers and Devils. Rangers plus 110 on the road. Devils minus 130 at the Rock, and the over under is 6.5. Let's set it up. The Rangers and Devils have played the same amount of games. New Jersey on 100 points. Rangers 98. New Jersey would also have the first and uh, the tiebreaker right now. They're tied on regulation wins, 34 apiece. The Islanders, by the way, only only one regulation win behind these teams. So some some food for thought. Uh, then the second tiebreaker is regulation overtime wins. New Jersey has the Rangers and probably is uncatchable in that regard. They have them by four right now. So the Rangers would have to in all likelihood pass or it, it it could come down to the Rangers would need to pass New Jersey and not end up tied. But regardless, obviously stakes are pretty high. Both these teams are sort of chasing Carolina as well. You can argue Carolina's at 103 points, so three ahead of New Jersey, five ahead of the Rangers. Carolina also has a game at hand. Uh, but for home ice for these two divisional and geographical rivals, that's how this game is going to be set up. I think the number looks about right. It does kind of clue us in on how this playoff series would likely be priced because both these teams are uh, basically healthy, the exception of Ryan Lindgren, who has been in and out of the lineup for the Rangers for a couple of weeks now. Uh, 
I kind of one player who I like in the anytime goal scorer market, depending on the prices, is, is Timo Meyer. Uh, he's slowed down since coming over to New Jersey, and if that number like, kind of starts to drift towards, you know, we saw it with Bo Horvat the other night. Uh, I think the Devils are going to try to get him off the Schneid a little bit. Uh, so I wouldn't mind. Th- we already have some big prices in in this round robin, so I'll I'll throw in a shorter one with with Timo who should start producing uh more with with the horses around him uh but in terms of the actual game uh looks looks about right yeah i thought i thought it looked pretty fair um i'm really i'll probably end up watching this one even if i have no play on it it's looks like the most exciting game of the night especially you know with some stakes on the line and everyone wants to see how that series might look so you know i don't think one thing i'll note right now is whoever wins don't bank that meaning a ton when the first round series comes because i i'm definitely a big believer of how little the the regulation regular season series can mean but i'm still super excited to watch this one and see how their uh first meaningful duo or duo in a while looks the carolina hurricanes are in action as well minus 215 in detroit the red wings plus 185 uh the over under at six Nothing for me, but interesting that Piotr Kochekov was sent down, meaning Antti Ranta's healthy for the the Hurricanes. So if it's his, if the goaltending situation for Carolina is very strange, uh, and Detroit, like they kind of just took advantage of some weak goaltending against Pittsburgh. So it's not, don't put it past them here. Uh, if this number ticks up a little bit, maybe on Detroit, uh, they who looked. Who've, who've played better than their their four and seven record over their last 11 uh, would imply. So it's Detroit or nothing for me. Yeah, I think so too. They were kind of, everyone was beating the drum that they were due to put the puck in the net a couple more times and uh, had it versus the pens. One prop that I'm going to have my eye on. So Nason's hurt and he had been manning that top power play role. So stall practice on that first unit. It's just one where I'm like, if they're going to have like a super long number on stall, I'll take it in a game where Carolina's power play could do some damage. So that's kind of the one that I'm going to keep my eye on because that, that could be a decent shot. It is kind of tough watching stall try to put the puck in the net though sometimes. So <laughs> just a bit of a lean and maybe something to watch. I will chuck him in the round robin. Uh, Speaking of, uh, for the Blues and Hawks, I've got nothing in terms of the game. St. Louis minus 150, Hawks plus 130, over under six. Uh, St. Louis will be without Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich. You'd think that I would be going to Jacob Vrana here, but actually I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Radish as possible, like a decent price here against the St. Louis Blues team that just doesn't keep the puck out of the net. Radish will play on that top power play unit with uh, Seth Jones and Tyler Johnson and Andreas Athanasiu. So we'll take a, a shot on, on, on Taylor Radish to be the fifth of uh, member of our really kind of ugly looking uh, goal score round Robin. I'll probably play Jake, but we'll see. They've been, I think they've been getting the wheels beat off them on, on uh, his anytime goal price. And yeah, it should be short like, without those other two guys. And yeah, going against probably the Hawks be, probably be below plus 200 at this point. Yes. Yeah. So, Maybe a pass. But the other thing is he might actually get to play some minutes. So that is you can go front a hat trick. Yeah, I know. Could be one of those nights. Uh anything for you on that game or should we move on? No, yeah, Veron you, you kinda had it all. Verona's my yeah. 
my there and then I like Radish. I've been playing the over one and a half shots for him pretty religiously. And he he let down the other day, but it's been a good play lately. The Golden Knights and Sharks uh, is where we'll wrap up this segment before we get to top shelf bets. Uh, Vegas minus 175 in the Shark Tank. Uh, San Jose plus 150 in the over under six and a half. San Jose got off the schneid with a win over Winnipeg. And now they get to host Vegas and uh we, we apologized to Jonathan Quick last week because we said, look, he's proven us wrong. He's played pretty well for Vegas. And now we have to apologize to ourselves because he's starting to struggle a little bit. Yeah. And to be fair, before this, like we gave him some credit on the scope of like, I thought he was going to be as horrible as he was in LA. He was still sitting negative goals saved above expected before the Oilers game. And he was still sitting with like a 900 save or whatever it was with um, with Vegas. And then obviously that game would have tanked both those numbers. So, and like, I thought he looked really off when, when it was one, one or whatever it was, I think I texted you and I was like, quick looks really bad. And then the blow up happened. Um, I thought he looked really loud, looked really all over the place and I don't know the Knights defensively like it's it hasn't been one game that was the one game where things blew up and actually went wrong but we've kind of been beating the drum that that's been coming and they have their guys out of the lineup where it's like a valid excuse but I think that this team right now is like a pure fade like I'm actually just disappointed though because I had thought this would be a game the Sharks are in dead last or whatever tied for it I thought this might be a game where we'd get a really good number. When when I first looked at Thursday's slate, I was fairly confident this would end up being my underdog pick. And the price, I just don't think is there. But we'll see. Hopefully, people will kind of view it as like a powerhouse Vegas team facing off the team in dead last in the middle of a division race and just pour money in. Because I thought this could be like minus 230 easy. So I don't really see the value, but... I definitely don't want to back Vegas. I was more interested in backing the Sharks. Uh, just real quick on on the Pacific Division race. Vegas right now is minus 165 uh, to win the Pacific. 98 points. Uh, they're two ahead of uh, Los Angeles, and it's likely that if they ended up tied, um, Vegas would get the tiebreaker. But Edmonton's three points back, and they still... I think they still have a shot. The number's still a little short, but like like Edmonton's playing Los Angeles. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. And it should it should the Oilers win. Like this these these lines will all come down uh big time. So if you're gonna bet Edmonton, do it now. Uh, and I wouldn't go near that Vegas number. Like you said, this kind of does look like the the a downward trend is coming for for the Golden Knights after a great run. So yeah, that, that race is I think is gonna get pretty interesting and and, and is bettable. Uh, if you like Los Angeles or uh, Edmonton at LA's three to one, and Edmonton's plus four thirty. Uh, all right, let's do our top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, March thirtieth. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. You alluded to this one, so we'll start with you in the Preds and Pens. Yes, so I won't do a full summary again. I'll just go through quickly. So. With what Nashville has in the lineup, they're going to allow a ton of shots and a ton of attempts to anyone. We've seen it recently. They are not going to control more of the play. What they're doing is just trying to hang around and, and not give up the kind of chances that Soros can't save. 
which I thought, I mean, they did a great job versus Boston considering, you know, who they're playing and who's in the lineup. They played extremely well as a team. So I can see that. But I think when they play a high-powered Pens offense, they're going to give up a lot of shots. Pittsburgh, you know, maybe if their goalie's let down, they're going to need to try to really press for offense. So I think chances are the save prop will be too low. If it's 31 and a half, I'm going to be pretty high on Saros to go over that. So we're speculating, but I think 31 and a half or 32 and a half are both playable. For me, I like Los Angeles at plus 135 in Edmonton. The over under seven, it just is this comes down to two teams. I think we can all agree are pretty close to equals uh, right now. And this number is just too long if that's the case. Uh, I know Edmonton just lost to uh, Calgary in a game where I had, uh, excuse me, not Edmonton, Los Angeles just lost to a game uh, in Calgary where I had them pegged as, as my favorite bet. Um, but I'll go right back to them because th- this team has, has kind of just proven uh, that they deserve more credit than they've been given. And I think that this is another case for that. I also wouldn't be surprised if if we get a, uh, a little, I mean, it's a huge game, so you'd expect them to go with Stuart Skinner, but this is one of those situations where it's a uh, coaches like to pepper in the surprise start for someone like Jack Campbell going because he's going against his former team. Maybe try to get him on track for the playoffs, and that could be the motivation he needs. Unlikely, but just something to keep an eye on. Uh, but I like Los Angeles at, at plus one thirty-five, even though, uh, as we've talked about a lot, this these this Oilers team long term looks looks really dangerous. I just think this number is a little giving them a little too much credit against a really good. Los Angeles Kings team. Yeah, I agree. I think if Corpus Allo is in, I would play the Kings at this number, and then I would pass if it's Copley. I don't like where he's going to be going long-term. And then if it's Campbell, obviously change your yeah your gap that you'd play. I think that they're done trying to get Campbell going. It's going to be, my opinion, the rest of the way, Like I think he can almost crush it, and he's not starting game one. And I think it's going to be like, how many of these starts can we manage to hide him out in and then let Skinner be ready for game one. I mean, you feed him like a nice spot versus Arizona four goals against and game was a lot tougher than you'd like. So I think that's kind of just like, it seems like they've seen the story enough this year. I don't think he's turning it around. I don't think he's a very good goalie. We said it all year long that, you know, to talk about the Kings, I think it's the exact reverse thing. They picked up a goalie with strong underlying numbers from a horrible, horrible defensive team being Corpus and now they have what looks like he could be a pretty legit starter. We'll see. But like it's always hard to read with goalies. But I think that's the way you want to do it. What you don't want to do is grab a goalie that was on an unreal defensive team getting lit up and expect him to do better on a worse defensive team and pay him for what he did. So that's a disaster. But it's a good <laughs> thing for better. Because if you can, you know, I was kicking myself Monday for uh passing because that game got to like the total of seven and it was minus 120 to the over and i was like oh yeah that's just that's not enough price for me to play the seven and then sure enough it was completely irrelevant once the game actually started so keep that in mind if you see a jack campbell start on the board yeah i'd say like i said i think it's unlikely it's just a former team thing and coaches are weird like that uh either way i like the kings plus 135 uh in edmonton you like you saros uh over uh save prop is your favorite bet our underdogs at the top were Daniel Sprong of the Seattle Kraken anytime goal scorer and the Nashville Predators plus 165 against Pittsburgh. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Good luck with all your bets.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.